Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your hosts, Tim Figueroa and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm Tim. And we are glad you can join us as you're living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So, Tim, this is episode 62. 62 in the house. And before we get to the episode, I'm super excited because we have, in under two weeks, our very first workshop coming up. Try it. Put your dream to the test. Yeah. And we're going to help people search into themselves, look, discover. Some people help them to redirect, refocus, Mm -hmm. even maybe repurpose some things that they've kind of let fragment inside themselves, but help them with 10 powerful questions to put that dream to the test and hopefully um, get on that road to um, seeing it come true. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in learning more, we would love for you guys to check it out. You can find information on our business Facebook page, Uphill Strategies, uh, or you can find it on uphillstrategies.co on our blog post. So check it out. Uh, We would love to see you there. Uh, And if you are not in Greenville and cannot make it to Greenville, definitely let other people know uh, that it's going on. So uh, it's my time for a question today. Mm -hmm. And I do have one for you. (laughs) Um, So this is like this is this a serious question? You feel like very serious right now. I, I'm this. You don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> this could be. I'm about to find out. Yeah. So like, hold on a second. Let me get my thoughts together. <laughs> okay. Now, that was me shuffling some things around. <laughs> so, all right. Would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button? On your life. Pause. Why? Well. <laughs> <laughs> let me. Let me. <laughs> M- <laughs> Megan. Well, Tim. <laughs> well, Tim. Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you had to. I'm going to answer. See, you just hit pause. Like, this literally was... <laughs> <laughs> you paused the pause button. I did. So, I would rather have a pause button than a rewind because I don't... I don't really like regret. Uh, the emotion, I think it's kind of useless. So, I'm right. a big believer that you can learn from everything that's happened in your life. So I am someone who has made some mistakes, some big, some small, but I've learned from them. And I think that those are things that make me who I am today. So I don't, I would not want to hit rewind because I wouldn't want to change anything. Cool. And so the pause. The pause would give me some time to think and assess because I am kind of a thinker. So, I mean, even sometimes with you and I, you'll, Something we talk about something, something changes. I need time to adjust mm-hmm. and shift my mindset. Right. So I think a pause button would be very helpful. Okay, ready? Watch. That was a pause button. 
<laughs> Those of you listening, I'm sorry. We were just having some fun. Hey, so our our guest today, Greg. Yeah, Greg Centineo. He was just an incredible guy to have on the show. Really great conversation. And what's cool is we were connected with Greg through a previous guest on the show, Josh Elledge, uh, who we had on just a couple of weeks ago. But what I probably loved most about Greg is he was just really willing to go deep with us on his journey and his history and even some of the challenges that he's had in his own life. Yeah, and I love that. It's just life by design. Um, you know, he gets to do what he loves to do. And uh, But, you know, things uh, that he said were, for me, that were very impactful was, if you don't like it, change it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was just meaningful coincidences. Like, that's how he defines being lucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, so as he lives this life and he's doing what he's doing, it's in his mind. If you don't like it, change it. But also, you got to be on the lookout for these meaningful coincidences, which is the way he defines lucky. But he breaks that down in this episode, which, um, hey, it was really good. Mm-hmm. So please remember that we always want to hear from you, our listeners, on possibly any guests that you would like us to reach out to and try to get on the show. Remember, if you know someone or think you would be a good guest, we would also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website, uphillconversations.co. You can always email us, megan at uphillconversations.co or tim at uphillconversations.co. And we would also love for you to join us in our community on social media. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook, and we are on Twitter. Well, without any further delay, let's jump over into this interview with Greg Centineo. Welcome to the show, Greg. How is everything going in your world? Man, everything is going, I mean, it's copacetic. Everything is going pretty good. Thank you so much, Megan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are uh, really excited to have you on the show today. I think our guests are really going to enjoy hearing a little bit about your story and about your background. So I think maybe to kick us off, it would be great if you could give uh, our listeners just a little bit of information about who you are and the great stuff that you're doing in the world. Man, well, I'm a, I'm a Brooklyn Italian guy who... Um who's embraced entrepreneurism back before I even knew what it meant. Um, and I kind of really, really enjoy my life, man. And I enjoy um, kind of my my perspective and philosophy on life, which is can kind of do, do what I love to do, whatever that might be, do it. And, um, and I've had the privilege, man, and, uh, and the design. It's not just an, it's not an accident. I've, I've had the privilege and design um, to do that, to design my life throughout the decades to exactly the way I wanted to, uh, to live it. Um, if I wake up and I don't like the way my life feels, I change it. And so, um, it's who I am. It's led me down tremendous, tremendous pathways that, um, you know, that were never on my radar, by the way. So, um, but it's because of, you know, opportunities that present themselves and, I've had the privilege of working in the animation industry, in human digital human animation, um, entertainment spaces, uh, banking. I was a minister for a few years. Um, wanted to wanted to go head to head with Starbucks in 2000, so I, I created my own my own coffee franchise. So um, that's kind of who I am. I real love sports, love working out, love um, extreme things like boxing and mountain biking and snowboarding. Um, 
yeah, so I'm just kind of take it as it comes. That's awesome. I love how you're saying design my own life and that just the journey and even you mentioning the different things that you've done. It sounds like you're just this really open individual. And uh, something that you talked about on another podcast you were on was this idea of having this no limit mentality. So where do you think that that comes from? And why do you think that you are just able to embrace and design your life? You, you know, because it's your life. Nobody else is going to design it. Well, some will try to, but it's it's yours to design, you know, and I think that's philosophically speaking, this is your world, this is your life, and you have choices to make on how you want to live that. Um, and, you know, and design is a big part of that, you know, designing your future, designing, understanding who you are. We say self-awareness is a really big part of that. Coming over, over the course of one's lifetime, mine, mine included, is just becoming more familiar and aware of who I am. And and that continues continues to evolve over time. Does that kind of make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I, I think that life is a journey and you're constantly, you, you have to be growing and growing in your self-awareness because you're not the same person five years from now that you are today. You're not. If you're growing, right? If you're evolving, you're changing. And, um, and I think it's so important. So it's been one of the things that I've really stayed true to and, and really trying to establish, you know, my authenticity and, uh, and to just to be who I am. I, I actually write, write, writing a book as we speak and it's called, it's, it, you'll love the title. I mean, I love the title. It's called lucky by design mm. and it's the acknowledgement, right? That take responsibility for your life, design it the way you want it to feel and look. And, um, and just go out there and do it every day. And, and then this luck, I call it luck. I define it in the book as meaningful coincidences kind of happen, you know, by doing something, something always happens that wasn't on your radar and you know, you weren't planning on, um, and, and it pops up on, on, on your radar. And so, and that's the luck part of it. So it's this kind of this collision between designing and growing and becoming self-aware and then doing the things that you want to do. And, and then these, these meaningful coincidences kind of help you achieve the things that you want to achieve. Man, you know, uh, Greg, I like, I mean, inside man, like the, my, my inner man is just like jumping around, man, because I love when you say, you know, you wake up and you look at your life, especially when it comes to, you know, um, life is a privilege to you, but also you design it. And I love that. If you wake up and you don't like it, change it, number one. But I love this meaningful coincidence is because you go, you know, you go down the road, you're doing your thing, you're trying to do this design. And then because of that, because of your willingness to move and to live your life and not just sit there and find, you know, this little spot that you can kind of hang out in, you get these meaningful, you know, collisions like that's what it's like you run into mm -hmm. it it's a point of intersection it's like a to me it's i call it a divine appointment right so it's mm -hmm. like it's the surprise i feel like it's the gift of heaven from god it's like you know it's funny that while we're tr we're so busy trying to design things which we should but mm -hmm. we're so busy trying to define the thing that we think that it is the thing that we don't know that it is <laughs> is right around the corner for us but then we'll sit comfortably on our couch and wonder why our life doesn't look the way we want. So I, I, I have two things here. Change it. 
why do you think, question one is, why do you think people don't take the time to go, if I don't like it, change it, it's number one, and then this whole idea around um, the this meaningful, uh, you know, I'm looking at it as a, uh, what was your word again, meaningful? Meaningful coincidence. Coincidence, right. So this meaningful coincidence, right? The other question would be around that, what makes people afraid of actually getting into that? Like, because mm-hmm. it wasn't a part of that plan. So what stops people from changing it? And then this meaningful coincidence, what keeps people from embracing that? So, and, and go back to that second question because I got triple ADD, so I'll never remember that second question. <laughs> I'll go back to it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned, so one, it's it's fear. It really is. And I, I'm afraid too. And I think it's the, it's how do we, how do we define fear? You know, and I think it's really important. And people think fear is a, it's a negative emotion, you know, and, and some people, you know, might think it's a positive emotion and that's just not how you define emotions. And, 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 and I think because fear has been categorized as a negative thing, then we, because it does consume us, right? And oh, I can't be afraid. I can't be afraid. But I think you have, you define fear, not as a negative or a positive. You define it as appropriate or inappropriate. And because that emotion is real, you know, and it's a good emotion. If you're walking on a rooftop, right? And you're walking at the edge of the rooftop and you're 90 stories high, you should be afraid. It's, it's, you know, it's an appropriate emotion at that moment. That's telling you, dude, if you make a mistake here, you're gone. Mm -hmm. It's a warning, right? So fear is good. So it's not a negative or a positive. It's, it's an appropriate or inappropriate. So I'm always afraid of new things, changes. You sit, you don't like the way your life feels. I mean, people, I don't just do it like the, I'm the Superman guy. You know, I just got to go do it. No, I'm horrified as well as anybody is. But I look at the fear and I think that fear right now, because I'm miserable, I'm not doing what I want to be doing. And, and yet what's stopping me? Fear. So therefore that emotion at that moment is inappropriate. It's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. It's actually damaging me, not helping me. When I'm on the rooftop on the ledge, <laughs> it's an appropriate emotion. I need that emotion at that point. So it's organizing your emotions, being aware, understanding your emotions and being able to manage those emotions. So therefore, what do you have to muster up? Bravery. Because fear ain't going away. And you have to become brave. And you gotta be willing to be brave and try it. I know it's afraid. I know you're scared. I know, you know, what, it, all the, all the things that can go wrong. I all the, I understand that, but f- go for it. Become brave. I love that. You know, cause you mentioned that you like, you know, this extreme part of you. Um, I love combat sports. That's what I did. Like, I love, I love collision. I love like, you know, I was a, I was a freestyle wrestler and Greco Roman and I played football, obviously, and uh, as well that that's a collision. It's like a it's contact, and I love that. And I grew up in the I was born in New London, Connecticut, and um, and my mom eventually moved this to Norwich, Connecticut, and you know, single mom. But we just we grew up where it was like you know it was like a tussle. You know, every day is a tussle, and mm. most of my family was in um, on my father's side is Brooklyn and the Bronx. And they, you know, you just, you just knew like, you just got to deal with stuff. And, and there's that, as you said, what's, I love that appropriate and inappropriate fear. 
Like if someone threatens you and says, hey, man, I'm going to come knock your head off, you know, mm. you're going to feel those natural <laughs> things, right? Right. Yeah. It's Run. like, you know, it's like when a dude squares up with you, you're like, you know, I remember being, you know, being a kid and, you know, we weren't the biggest. We were, you know, we were small. So we had to learn to be tough. You know, we were told you're not going to be six, five, you know, yeah. so you need to learn how to deal with someone who's six, five, but you need to deal with someone with a six, five heart, you know, and wow. you've got to understand that. And I love what you said about the appropriate inappropriate. It's kind of like, I like to use the example of a beach and, you know, you're standing on the beach and say you're with, you know, friends or whatever. And you look in the ocean and you see a whole bunch of sharks swimming around and you feel fear. Well, the thing is, is you're not in danger though. You're on the beach. Wow. That's right. That's so it's- you see what I mean? So now if you let your life be ruled by that, that's inappropriate. You, it really is. You know what I mean? Now, if you're in the water, <laughs> that's where the <laughs> danger really is. So that transition, how do you move yourself, Greg? And I'll, I'll come back to that other question of, on your meaningful um, coincidences. Mm-hmm. But moving yourself, as you said, man, yeah, I'm terrified. Like, So how do you move yourself to say with the appropriate and inappropriate, what steps do you take to help yourself transition when you know that it's an appropriate fear you know, and I need to move forward or this is inappropriate and I need to move myself forward. What do you have? What's your mindset around that? How do you move well, yourself though, regardless? Yeah. See, and you made a great point. I mean, you used a great word mindset and it really, it is the battle of the mind and it's, it's, it's linking, you know, your mind, which is powerful to your passions, which is your dreams. And so if you're sitting there as I am, and I say, this is what I want to do next. And this fear, you know, the plethora of emotions that come in, the cans, the whys, the, all that stuff. Uh, it's the mind that's going to, it's the, it's the mindset that says I have to, you know, this is life and I have to, I have to keep going. So you mentioned earlier, I think you said Solomon and, um, you know, Solomon said something pretty profound in one of his proverbs. He said that the, he defined righteousness and he defined wickedness. And, and of all the things that, you know, if I said, Hey, Megan, define righteousness to me, you know, and then Tim define right and define wickedness. And we'd have all lists of things. He defined it with two things. He said, he said, failing seven times or failing once was the, was how he defined the difference between righteousness and wickedness. He said, the righteous person will fail seven times and the wicked will fail once. And that's, profound. Yeah. And his point there was if you're breathing and you're alive, you got to keep trying. If you fall, fail, get up, dust yourself off and move on and keep going. If you fail and you're afraid, right? Cause both people are afraid, you know, those that fall and kept trying, but if you're afraid and you never get up again, he said, that's wicked. It's wicked because you wasted your dream. You wasted your life. You wasted your purpose by staying down. And that's profound. It supersedes all the moral, which are good, all the moralities that we like to place underneath ourselves, all the mores of cultures that we define as being righteous and good. I agree. Good. But Solomon said, first and foremost, man, you're given a life. And you're given a purpose. It's in you. And your responsibility with that life. And we let me tell you, it's a good word. You're responsible for what you've been given, which is life. Do something with it, man. 
He said, get up. I know you failed. Get up and try again and for, get up and keep going. And, and so it's a responsibility we have to ourselves. And that responsibility is there because there is value in everybody's life. Everyone listening on this call, every human being born in this world is born with a destiny, is born with a purpose. And that's why self-awareness is so important, understanding who you are and then doing it. I don't care if you're afraid, get up. <laughs> you right. know? So I, I have to challenge myself psychologically. You know, I have to be aware of the things around me and, and, and say to myself, I, I don't want to get back up. You know, even guys in some of my biggest failures in the world. I mean, I've had some of the biggest successes, but I've had some of the, the largest failures. I don't want to get back up, man. I couldn't get, I felt like I couldn't get back up. And yet I have to, I have to heal. I have to emotionally challenge myself, intellectually challenge, psychologically challenge myself, spiritually challenge myself to get back up and keep going. You know, it's interesting you say that because I'm one of those extreme people. It's like, I remember when I was a kid and like my grandpa would say, you know, don't get caught shoplifting gum. And I'd be like, okay. And then, and, and, and he would say, if you're going to steal something, steal a car. <laughs> like That way you'll learn from it. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, do, yeah. like, don't do the smallest, you, you know what I mean? So I always was that way. Like I either win really big, Greg. Yeah. Or I lose really big. <laughs> like for me, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you know, you know, it's like your eyes are bigger than your stomach. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. you, you know what I mean? And so I like what you're saying because you're encouraging people, which leads into that second question that just get back up. Like, and even when you say like, when you're down, you're down, you need to feel it, right? You need to know that, that you went through something. And I feel like that also is a barrier why people can't run into these meaningful, as you define lucky, these meaningful coincidences, right? That's right. So That's right. they, because in a way, do you ever wonder if people, you know, they would rather win the lottery, mm. right? They would rather do that than the try over and over and over. And like you said, fail seven times versus the one. Instead of the righteous activity of pursuit of of daily trying until you can reach do, you know what I mean? Like Yoda, it's not, not try yeah. do, right? So yeah. get to the point you can't get to do until you try, you've got to keep trying. So do you feel, or do you see in people that you work with, what you've experienced in your own life, that, that barrier of you won't reach the meaningful coincidence because maybe that in itself could freak you out too, because it doesn't look like what you thought your life was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah you don't. It, you don't have meaningful coincidences. Coincidences happen because you you get up and you do something. Uh, you know, I tell my kids when they're growing up. Tell them now. I said, if if you do nothing, I guarantee you, nothing is going to happen. But if you do something, I I I don't know what's going to happen, but I guarantee you, something will happen. That's the meaningful coincidence. And I think it's at the heart of what Solomon was saying is that, listen, don't look at God and just say, God, this is, get up and walk. And if you walk, there's going to be stuff that's going to happen outside of your control, meaningful coincidences that are going to propel you in the pathway to success amidst failure. You know, and I say failure for me in my successes was the major ingredient. So 
it's the it's now the mindset of how we address failure. How I address failure is a great thing. It's we say what it's that's the problem. We don't know how to define failure. We have fear of failure. I don't want to fail. Guess what? If you don't fail, you will not succeed. Period. Right. It's, because it's the major ingredient to success, and therefore that then, guys, kind of is is an avalanche. If your mindset is, I don't want to fear, I'm, I don't want to fail, I'm afraid to fail, I don't want to try, blah, 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 then it becomes you You inherently, I always like to say, humanity speaks multiple languages, but we, we there is one main language that everybody has, it's their first language, and it's not English, not Spanish, it's the language of, it's either can or can't. Mm-hmm. And that that adherence, to either the language of can or can't will determine your mindset, your outlook, and your destiny. And so limits, viewing the world in a limited perspective or viewing it in an unlimited perspective has to do with your language. Do you speak the language of can or do you speak the language of can't? And I think if we take that a step further with this idea, you know, you said people don't want to fail. And you, it seems, Greg, that you obviously have this great sense of bravery, like you said, to embrace those fears. And rather than being paralyzed by them, you work with them. And you say to yourself, is this appropriate? And is it inappropriate? But I think when we talk about that fear of failure and that idea that behavior follows belief, what are things that you can do to enhance or to grow that self-belief within you, especially if you are somebody who has that strong fear of failure or who maybe doesn't understand or fully embrace the fact that of, of failing forward? Um, yeah, I mean, that's it's a process and it, it becomes a mindset and it becomes, Megan, great question because it goes back to what we said earlier, it's becoming aware of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if we sit in a circle and we're talking to people, we can immediately, you can pick out the language they speak. It's the language of can or can't, right? We're aware of others and how they think. You know, it's how someone's perspective, oh my gosh, traffic, I can't. That's a perspective, that's a mindset. It's how you view the things that happen to you. And so and so, if you start to become aware of what, how do you respond to things? You know, what is your response when some doesn't go exactly the way you plan? Well, then that's going to be that's going to take you down a certain course. It's going to be a mindset. You, you're you're a negative. You see things negatively, pessimistically, or you see things as an opportunity and as positive, and out of your control. And I think it boils down to that. The second, you know, the second part of that is if things happen to you negatively, you think, oh, this. This can't catch a break. So this story of my life. Well, no, the story. It's the story of your life because it's the perspective of your life. You draw it to yourself. It's how you view things. Bad things happen to me. I look at them differently, right? And it's all that mindset. So you have to, if you're going to change anything, you're going to have to change your mindset, and you're going to have to understand yourself and start to lose certain words. Like you know, so a person I know would always. Um, what's, I'm trying to think of the word they would use all the time. And, and it was, it was innocent, but it's not, it's, it's, it's a leaking out of your perspective of your mindset. And if you start to change little things like the words or how you address something, um, you'll start to change your outlook. For instance, Louis Armstrong, right? I, I was jogging a few weeks ago and 
I was listening and I had Louie on and he, and he, and he was singing. It's a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful life. And as I'm listening to the words, I love one of my favorite songs, but I've heard it a thousand times, mm -hmm. but guys, this time as I'm running, I'm listening to the words and I'm thinking this guy's either out of his mind, <laughs> post, yeah. right? Post Vegas. This guy's either out of his mind, right? I see trees and birds. I, you know, it's a one, you know what it was? It's a, it's amidst all uh, some of the disasters that we have, some of the negative things that happen, some of the tragedies that happen and, and your perspective that really, for the most part, this is a beautiful place, man. And it's a beautiful life. He had a mindset. Did he, was he ignoring tragedies and catastrophe? No, but it's all how you look at it. And you know, it's the same thing. I, I feel the same way. There's this, the world that we live in is, is e even look, humans turn on themselves. Like we saw in Vegas, you know, and we saw an atrocity take place, a human turn, but, but that doesn't happen every day, at least in our country at that magnitude. It doesn't happen a million times. There are a million great things that happen a day more than bad things that happen. That's a perspective, man, right? It's a shift on how we view the world and how we, we view tragedy. You know, the weather, you know, I'm looking, I'm, I'm in South Florida right now. I look, I look out my window. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Palm trees, sun, crystal, crystal clear, blue skies, ocean, amazing. But you know what? Four weeks ago, Irma came through, the nature turned yeah. on yeah. in yeah. Florida. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, and so all of a sudden you start to realize, okay, I live in a great and a hostile world. Both humans will turn and nature will turn. And so all of a sudden your whole perspective begins to go, I'm not throwing the whole damn thing out because it's how it works. Embrace it. Greg, what inspires you? Man, it inspires me when we, myself and, and I can, I can influence others to believe in themselves. I believe in myself, man. I, I, I had to learn to believe in myself when nobody else did. And, and, I, I, and what inspires me is when I inspire others or see others believing in themselves. Um, because that's really the greatest value in the universe is ourselves. And um, when somebody doesn't value themselves or believe in themselves, then it, it's hard for them to value or believe in anybody else. And so that's really a thrust, it's thr thrusted me my entire life. That's why I went to ministry. I thought that was the way to help people, you know, go to church, be a minister and help people believe in themselves, love themselves. And, um, and so that's what moves me, man. It's what drives everything that I do is to inspire people to be not what I want them to be or what you want, them, but they want to be. And I love it. It seems like that's what you do in your daily work, um, that you bring and as you even have in your bio, just the transformative energy. Most people deal transactionally. Everything's a transaction. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hello, how are you? You ever you ever say something to someone like, "Hey, how are you today?" and they're like, "You know, yeah, it's sunny." You know, like they're not even <laughs> listening to you because we're so transactional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have lost the impact of being transformational. We've lost that. And it's and it's 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 not because it's not available. It's because we're distracted by as you put it, all the things that seem to not be working right that are outside of our control. 
when what we really need is to elevate our belief. You know, what I tell people is, you know, raise your faith to the level of your belief. And they go, well, I don't believe that well. And I go, well, there's your faith. Mm, (laughs) No wonder you don't see the evidence of what you hope for. You know, you can't see it. You're not. And the whole thing is we want to live lives not based on theory. We want to, the best way to live our life is based on evidence. Mm. And we've got to collect that. And the, and if we're going to do that, be a part of what transformation is. We're called to transform the world. We're called to be transformative to each other. And I love the way you put it, you know, just this honest belief that you have, but also transformative energy. Um, with that, like, tell us some of the joy, some of the, some of the joy of bringing transformative energy into the people that you serve and clients that you serve or people that you work with. Well, you know, it's really, it's, it's everything, you know, for me. And I, I say this and sometimes it's not really understood. Like I, I, you know, I choose to do projects, you know, I choose to take ideas that are, you know, at the start, like the legends of Oz animation franchise, there was a improbability to ever get that off the ground. I choose to do those things because it, 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 by saying yes to something that you believe in, even though all the odds are against you, you then have to do something next. You have to convince others to join you and, and, and work with you. And by doing that, then you create what's called proximity. And so when you build teams, right. And to do the impossible or do a, take an idea to market, it's not the idea and getting it to market and creating a transaction that drives me. It's, it's the ability to create a, what's called a transformational platform because now we're going to work, I'm going to work together with whether it's 10 or a hundred or a thousand people in proximity. And now I have the ability and the chance to, because I'm working with them in proximity, because we're focusing on a goal and objective, we're going to be, we're going to be in that proximity. And I have a chance to believe in them. I have a chance to identify who it is and what it is that makes them unique. And then, and then believe in that and point it out to them and then, and then inspire them to do that. And, and so that's what excites me in the stuff in working with people, because that's how you create transformation. It's, it's by working in proximity with others and, and seeing the outcome, seeing that person grow and they grow, you know, they don't grow like, wow, I'm really good at what I'm doing. They, they grow first because somebody like me believes in them and, and loves them. You know, most people, guys, it's really funny. Most people don't even like themselves in this world, let alone love themselves. And, and I take those opportunities to love people who they are. And after a while they go, you know, this guy, they respect me. This guy's not, he's smart. And they go, if he's, he loves me, maybe I should love myself. And that's the first step in building a team. And I know it sounds, wow, that sounds like it should be in church. No, no, no. First of all, the church should be in the world. Right. Which is, which is community, which is, which is working to get the whole ecclesia. The Greek word for church means the assembly, the assembly. coming together yeah. in proximity of people. Um, and that's what it is. It's believing in each other and, and, and convincing somebody that they are lovable by loving them. And when you do that, what I found what I found is when you do that, people begin to vibrate at a much higher level. They begin to execute at much higher levels. And you know what happens when you get humans to believe in themselves? 
when you get humans to love themselves and when you get humans to vibrate at higher levels, you do the impossible. Right. <laughs> that's why that's why we succeeded in getting these projects to market, even though they were impossible. Right. Because because of the environment, right, that I'm able to to create. And and I don't have to now, you know what's great, guys? I don't have to go out and, and prove that anymore. I did it. I did it. You know, I first got left left, you know, institutional church and I said I'm going in the business world. And I'm I'm by golly, I believe in those things of 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 transformational leadership. I believe in servant leadership. I believe in humanity. I believe in everything. but I gotta go prove it in the business world. And guess what? I did. No, I don't. I don't got to prove it anymore. You have evidence. You want to know how? Mm-hmm. You want to know how we raised 122 million dollars in the worst economic recession in the history of the world, at least recorded history, when banks were bankrupt, countries were going bankrupt, investments were on fire, and we show up to the table with this crazy idea to do what Disney and DreamWorks and Pixar do, and we've never done it before. And we raised 122 million dollars from 2008 to 2013. Two thousand investors. Are you kidding? How do you do that? By 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 having people function and vibrate at much higher levels. That's how you do it. That's great. And 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 your and your investors are a part of that as well. They're vibr they're they're believing in something. They're 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 feeling something. They're a part of something. And they're it's transformational for the investor as well. Yeah. That's how you do the impossible. Yeah. That's uh, you know, I like to tell people you belong people into believing. You know, if you want to help a person with their belief and even get into that level of loving themselves, you belong them into believing. In other words, you're welcome here. Let me love you in the way that you're not loving yourself. But then you release them to grow. It's not, you don't just belong in believing and keeping them attached to you. You want to release them in order to grow mm-hmm. because they can grow with you, but they have to grow apart from you. You have to teach them their autonomy. And that's where we're powerful is when we're powerful. all operating together, but autonomously, you know what I mean? We have, we have our, we're, we're, we're separate entities. Like we're, and we bring that together and that's where the power is for me. You know, it's just a powerful vision. Um, Hey, uh, our show is uphill conversations and, um, we like to tell people anything worth having is uphill and you can't go uphill with downhill habits. And if you think about even Tour de France or something like that, I'm not a cyclist, mm-hmm. but those guys, you know, that's a hard, that's a lot of work. Got those gears, they got to hit the hill. They got to, you know, they got to know what kind of, you know, how to carb load, you know, they got to have their leg strength. You know, are they hydrated? They work as a team, they draft, one person takes the lead. But at the end of all that, someone gets this yellow jersey, you know, because they made that climb. And mm. you never really arrive. We know that Tour de France only lasts so long, but I feel like our life, that's the whole thing. It's uphill. That's what we want. We're going to our, our current condition doesn't match our emerging future. So what we're trying to do is head toward the emerging future, knowing that we have our current condition. So with that being, with that in mind, what's an uphill challenge that you've recently had and overcome and tell us, you know, maybe what you had to do to, to do that? Well, for me, uh, my uphill challenge was, you know, we put so much energy and we, I put so much, you know, f- faith and, 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 uh, and skill into building that animation franchise. It was years of years of grinding and working really hard. And when that, we, we turned that over, we turned that project over, we did it all independently, right. Which was massive at the highest levels, you know, from the cast to the, to the number I think over 3000 revenue streams we had in that, that thing. We were a wide release, 4,000 screens domestically, 42 territory overseas. We spent 32 million in, in marketing. 
it was done at highest levels in the world. And then at the end, we had it handed off to a, distri uh, a distributor that really did not manage the $32 million well and did not market the film well. And the film didn't do well in box office. You know, great movie, great film, animated 3D film, Leah Michelle, Patrick Stewart, musical, great for kids. I mean, watch it, you'll see. Um, but when we handed it off and, you know, at that point, that company didn't handle what we had the way we did. And for that point, it failed in the box office. That, I would have never predicted, guys, that how riveting that was for me psychologically, um, emotionally, spiritually. It really took me out at the knees. Um, it was like I broke my legs in, in, in multiple areas and didn't realize it. And I kept trying to get up after that, and I couldn't stand. And I'd crawl, and, and I didn't have it. And, and that was, you know, people always say, what was your greatest what is your greatest accomplishment? It's none of the things that you'll read about. It's, it's what I'm telling you right now, which was getting back up. And it took me years to literally get back up. I know what it's like now to fall and, and want to get up, but can't, but, but emotionally I was wounded. Psychologically I was really wounded. And, um, and sometimes, and I, and it wasn't like, Oh, I failed. No, it was, it was, I can't even explain it. It was just what we should have had and what we didn't affected me. And I was worried for a while about myself thinking I, I might be really screwed here. <laughs> I might, yeah. I'm, you know, I mean, there's something wrong. I mean, this, I can't run, I can't get up. And, and you can't, fa I couldn't fabricate it. I, you know, sometimes you can kind of fabricate energy and pull yourself. I couldn't do it, man. It was bad for me. And so I, I know what, with dismal darkness can feel like. Um, it didn't matter what I succeeded at prior. It didn't matter that we achieved it and got it tomorrow. It didn't matter to me. What mattered to me was I, I couldn't get back up and I didn't want to get back up. I didn't want to get back up. And I had, that was the, that was going to be a journey now for me to figure out how, when everything seems meaningless, everything, how do you, how do you now find meaning again? Or how do you, how do you, you know, change your perspective. How do you change your mindset? Things we just talked about. I was there. It was black. It was dead. And I had to go deeper and deeper. And then I had to embrace, I had to embrace in those moments that um, I had to embrace the darkness and say, I believe I'll come out, but right now I'm not getting out of this. So I better just embrace the moment of dismalness, of feeling that. And I said to my girlfriend, I said, if I ever get out of this, because <laughs> I said, oh if I, yeah. I don't know. If hey, I don't, hey, by the way, <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting out, you know, but if I get out and you know, it's funny, you would have, if you knew me and hung with me, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have picked the, that I was walking in a dismal dark place. It's not, it doesn't look like that. It's like, I wasn't walking with my head down and like, hi, how are you? You know, no, I was functioning, but I was die. I was half dead inside. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said to her, if I ever, if I ever get out of this, I think it's going to help so many people because I might, I might be able to explain to others how I did it, how I got out. And, and it might be because everyone goes through these things, you know, and you know, the higher you go, <laughs> the longer the fall. <laughs> so, um, you know, when I landed, I, 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 I went down hundreds of yards <laughs> into the earth. I had to climb out, man. And, um, so that for me was the greatest challenge over the past three and a half years, um, was to want to get up, want to get back out there, want to inspire, you know, when I was not inspired anymore by the world that I was living in. 
And how can I, how can I fester that, 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 that inspiration again? How can I, how can I reorganize my mindset to, to see the world the way I once did that was now, you know, darkened. And so for me, that was the, that's the greatest achievement of my life that I, that I was able to get back up. And Greg, that's just really inspiring because I think that especially people listening to this, so many people, they, they go through these things and it can be a lonely place and it can be a scary place. And I think that it can be really easy to sort of succumb to that darkness and just stay there. And, uh, one thing as you were talking that stood out to me is we had an interview, uh, I don't even know, quite a few back um, with this woman, Alicia Aberley, and she she talked about this idea of when you feel those things and when those things happen, it is so important to feel those things and mm-hmm. to go through them. Because if you try to ignore that, you're never going to really climb out. And you're never going to really be able to fully recover or to start on that road to getting back to where you need to be. So I just think it's really inspiring how you not only were able to step out of that and now you're helping all these other people, but it takes a lot of bravery to go through those things and to shed light on that darkness. So thank you for sharing that with us. Mm-hmm. No, thank you, Megan. I appreciate that. Uh, so uh, moving uh, away from that, um, we really like to uh, find out from our guests, uh, what are three things over the next 12 months that you are optimistic about? And it can be personal or professional. Wow, man. I love that. Three things that I'm optimistic about over the next year. Um, I love, I'm optimistic about reaching, you know, millions of people. I literally mean that. When I, and by the way, I, I always tell people when I, when I use a number, it's not an exaggeration. So I used to say, oh, we're going to raise a hundred million dollars. People thought I used, you know, I used to talk about like raising a million. Now, when I say a number, I mean it. So reaching millions of people with, um, with, I, with information, you know, content that is inspiring, that is helpful. Um, that, that inspires them to go out and do their thing. Um, you know, I've done it with thousands in my, in my proximity and I, and now I believe with social platforms, I can really affect millions of people. So that really, um, is what I'm very optimistic, I'm optimistic about myself. Now that I'm back, I feel like I'm back personally. I'm optimistic about, wow, going through what I've just been through in the last 53 years, going through some dark areas, you know, coming out of them alive. I think Descartes said, what doesn't, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. I'm really optimistic to see what that's going to look like 12 months from now, what the Greg, what Greg Centineo will look like, you know, because he came out of this now and how much stronger I will be and, and how much more focused the world will look to me and so forth. Um, those are two things. I mean, and, and you know, and thirdly, I think what really I'm optimistic about is the people I love that are directly around me, not just my, my girlfriend and her kids and my kids and my ex and, and the plethora of nephews and nieces who are entrepreneurs and out there doing things, but it's the plethora of people that I have a chance to rub shoulders with to see where they are in 12 months and, and their achievements and where life, where life brings them and where they allow life to bring them. And so those are kind of three major things right now that, that boil down to me. It's my, 
It's, it's my own, uh, it's doing what I want to do right now is affect the world. It's my own personal, how well I will be personally now that I've come out what I've come out with. And then those that I love the most, you know, to see what they're doing, et cetera. That's awesome. Well, Greg, thank you so much for spending so much time with us today and just having great organic uh, conversation and sharing so many wonderful things about yourself and your journey with our listeners. Um, so I know that they are going to want to find you, reach out to you, connect with you. Uh, what are the best uh, places for them to find you? That's great, man. Yeah. Awesome, man. So yeah, if they want to, I'd love to hear from them. That'd be great. Um, you can go to my website. It's gregcentineo.com, uh, C-E-N-T-I-N-E-O, gregcentineo.com. And, um, you know, there's definitely, you can reach out to us that way. There's, um, I think we have a, I think there's a little page, contact page, and I'd love to hook up and talk with you guys. Well, that's awesome, Greg. Listen, I love that. You know, I tell people all the time when I sit in the room with them, there are two of me in the room. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And I, and I say, I, I slight, I'm more insane than I am crazy, but you know, but you know, but I say to them, well, it's my current self that's made up of a lot of my past, but mm. there's my future self that's always one second away, two minutes wow. away, five minutes away. So you're looking at one, like, you know, if we were sitting across from each other, you're looking at the Tim current, but I'm looking at the one that's behind you. That's Tim future. And I always have my eyes on growing while I'm in the midst of engaging you. So I just thank you so much that you shared where you are and coming out. And I love this, you know, I love meeting this Greg, this guy that's come from where he was. But I also feel like we were talking to the future Greg as well. That's a very special thing. So thank you. Man, you guys, thank you guys, no, guys, you guys are dynamic hosts. You really are very intelligent. And um, I, I know why you have a successful podcast man you guys are really great you're there you care you hear it you sense it you feel it you've got that vibration and, and, and all the best to you guys and your audience as well man this is this is great what you guys are building thank you so much well for those of you listening this has uh, been another episode of uphill conversation always remember your current condition does not match your emerging future everything worth having is uphill however you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. We want you to remember that you can be more, do more, and have more, but your reasons for being, doing, and having are for you to figure out and no one else. But most importantly, you will see me, Megan, and Greg on the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.